everybody, and welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. Uh, this is the podcast where we analyze film franchises and we exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the original. That's right. Now, right up front, we got an elephant in the room, and it's a big one. So, we are talking about the spinoff for Ip Man. So, we've done Ip Man 1, 2, and 3, and we are now on to Master Z, the legacy of Ip Man. The Ip Man legacy. The Ip Man legacy. Okay, I need to make sure I don't get that wrong in the show title. But um, right now, we we live in Medford, Oregon, um, and there are some insane fires. So the week that the first Ip Man episode came out, we had evacuated our apartment, um, gone to Jordan's grandparents, come back, left, all of this stuff. So we've been going all over the place. Um so right now we're using different mics. We're at Jordan's parents. We're in a different location. So if the audio quality is not up to snuff as usual, please give me a break on that. Yeah. And also, um, I'm assuming by this time we'll have a better knowledge of everything that's happened, and hopefully it's all done because yeah. we're still in the throes of it right now. Their fires are still insane. We're at a level two currently where we sit. Yeah, we might have to stop mid-podcast. Um but what we would like to say is um, that we're, we'll put some sort of information on helping out people who've been displaced in the valley because so many homes have been destroyed. It is like, it there is. At this current recording, an estimated 600 homes and at least 100 businesses, but that's approximate. It is so, so insane. And that's not to bring a downer on this episode, but it, I mean, it, it's, we got to talk about it. Um, and, um, but we're thankful you're here, mm-hmm. and we hope if you are an Oregonian that you are okay. Yeah. Um, I know most of our audience is Medford and the Jackson County, so I hope all of you guys are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got through that, and we are here to talk about Master Z, the Ip Man Legacy. Right? Did I get the title right that time? Yes. Okay, so um, right off the bat... Jordan and I have not had not seen this movie except for like three or four nights ago. Usually we record, we watch it, then the next day we record. But um, we had to evacuate and stuff, yeah. so we haven't recorded in a few days. But um, thankfully, this movie was good in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I feel like I remember it decently, and I took pretty pretty extensive notes, so yeah. we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say I, that we were pretty lukewarm about Ip Man three. We still liked the stunts, but we felt the story kind of sucked. Um, but this movie, Jordan and I were like, this is so good. Jaw-dropping. It was the whole crazy. Time. And the and story was really good. The story was cool. Like, I thought it was a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. And it was just exciting. Like, mm-hmm. the whole movie was just so exciting. Um, so, what do you have anything else before we jump into no. the director? Okay. So, the director is nuts. I did not know this. He's in his 70s. And he's been working on movies for, I don't know, 40, 50 years. 70 years. <laughs> yeah, he started as a baby. His name is Yoon Woo Ping. And um, he directed the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And, uh, but actually, he came over like into American filmography in that movie as a stunt coordinator. Um, this guy has stunt coordinated and done the martial arts stuff for... Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2, The Matrix series. Um, and then he like came up with Jackie Chan, I think, in um, the, drunk, the Drunken Master movies. Okay. 
So this guy is like... Makes me want to watch this movie so much more now. Yeah, he knows his stuff. And I watched this um, interview with him. And it was it's just cool because apparently, according to the actors and stuff like that, like even though he's you know in his seventies, someone comes up to him and they're like, or they're not doing the stuff right, and he walks up and he's like, "No, you have to do this and this and this." And so the seventy year old man, well into his seventies, is like, "Hey, yeah, uh, let me fix what you let me doing. show you let what you, you need to be doing." Yeah, um, so that's freaking cool. Love that. And um, so uh, it's produced by Raymond Wong, and it's important to point this out because Raymond Wong is the producer for the Ip Man movies. So that's what differentiates this from the other Ip Man movies that we aren't covering. Like, this is this, the this same guy producer. Directed, oh, producer, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we're on a producer now. Um, and Donnie Yen also produced this one. So there mm-hmm. is that connection. Uh, it's written by Edmund Wong, who did the Ip Man movies, and then screenplay by Tai Lee Chan, who did all the Ip Man movies. So it's basically the same crew, different director. Um, it comes out December 21st, 2018. The budget of the movie is $28 million. Domestically, here in the U.S., it makes $209,000. And then worldwide, it makes $21.8 million. Oh, no, it wasn't a hit. It wasn't How? quite a hit. How was it not a hit? I know it's it's really good. It's are really we going to be good. alone in this this assumption? Or, or that'll be interesting because guys, guys, it's good. It's good. It's good. Potentially, so, I like it better than. Well, no, never mind. I'll, I'll just wait. I'll wait. Okay. Okay. Um. So a couple things to point out about how they made this. One, it was just cool. I also read an interview with um Yoon Wing. Y- Yoon Woo Ping um, on how he directs and how he because he did the coordination for the movie as well um, and a lot of it has to do with like like in this movie we have Dave Batista mm-hmm. he's a wrestler mm-hmm. so he has him in this movie and he's like okay and guess what they use him yes unlike the Tyson thing is yeah. that where you get yeah. at yeah but um so they have him in here, and instead of him being like, okay, let's try and teach him martial arts, he's like, no, he's a wrestler. I'm going to use that. Cool. And same with like actors throughout the movie. Like We have Tony Jaw in this movie, who's yeah. like a Thai uh, martial artist, famous for the Ong Bak series. And that's like a whole other style, style of martial arts, so he adapts to that. So yeah. that's like how he kind of directs the movie. Um both Brian Thomas Burrell, who was like the British guy. Ty Burrell. No. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about, the British guy? Who, who oh, was like yeah, the yeah, yeah, general? The cop, the cop. Well, I mean, yeah, whatever. He represented the the, yeah. the UK. Yeah. Um. So both him and Zing Yu, who was the guy with the tin box in Ip Man 1, uh, play different roles in this movie. That guy's in the first movie, too. Um, Zing Yu is in Ip Man 1 and Brian is MC in Ip Man 2. He is. He is. Who's MC? He's the MC of the rest of the boxing match. He's oh, really? the announcer. Yeah, I'm seeing that's his so face now. so weird. I just uh, How do they do like why do they do that? that? Okay, that's so I tried to google it. It's got to be their agent, right? But how do, well, I'm talking specifically the British guy because like because I'm, this is a uh, Chinese market in terms of film, filmmaking. Yeah. And I just wonder if the eight, like he already was in one, maybe he's done some other Chinese stuff that we don't know about. Maybe he doesn't, but maybe he just has like a connection now. 
And maybe I don't remember in this movie if he speaks any Chinese, but in the other movie he was translate. Like he was well, I know it was a script, but uh-huh. like he I, I wonder if it's like he kind of understands it too. Right. And they don't care as much that he was in another movie. I'm just confused. I'm very confused why because if so if you're forgetting, folks, so we talked about Brian, but Zing Yu, he was the guy that died in Ip Man One. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of inspires Ip Man to uh, fight, fight the back. Japanese general. And so when you see him in this movie, I keep on waiting for him. I mean, maybe this is because I'm like Marvel centric. I kind of was waiting for like a scene where he's like, you know, Ip Man once inspired me and everyone thought I was dead <laughs> or something because <laughs> yeah. he just owns a bar and he's like a main character in this movie. Yeah. And I did not, I don't know why they would cast Maybe those two just, people. Maybe it just doesn't matter as much to them, <sighs> to to like that film industry. I don't know. I it, haven't seen that many Chinese me, movies, so It makes I don't know. me want to rip my hair out, though. <laughs> because, it, you know, just imagine you put on um, Captain Marvel 2, and then uh, Chris Evans walks in, and he's like, hey, I'm Lieutenant uh, Hannon. How are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, that's Captain America, and he, and and then after the movie, they're like, no, he's just he's Lieutenant Hannon. So the only way this is acceptable <laughs> is whenever Rain or Ryan Johnson can make the next Knives Out movie with the same cast. Well, that's not confirmed at all. But let's say he does it. Yes, that's the only way it works because you have prior knowledge that that's going to happen. Like that's part of the fun. Yeah, I think if it was more, if it was less of a series, because that that's, that's like a serial. A, that's a, yeah, that's a serial event. So. Well, episodic. Same thing. Episodic, yeah. It's like the American horror story thing. Does that bug you or do you like that? No, no. It's like same actors. But, I mean, how weird would it be if in American Horror Story you're watching the show and then, like, let's say um, Rami Malek's in it. I don't know why. That's the first name I thought of. And in the, fr- in I the- might start watching American <laughs> Horror Story again. What I'm so confused by your Rami Malek thing. It, it's weird. I don't know what it is. I think I think he because okay, let's go on a Rami Malek tangent for a second. Okay, let me finish mine. Okay, then you go to yours. Okay, so like, what if Rami Malek's in it and he's in the first four episodes of American Horror Story? He dies, and then three episodes later, he comes back and he's like, "Hey, everybody, my name's this new character," and it's never acknowledged. In the next, you're talking in the about same season. Oh, same that's, season. That, that the is only like way that the we'll... same. That's what I feel like is the same thing that and, happens in this. And you're saying this is a world where in the story that it's not connected in any way because that's a show where it could be like a alternate dimension thing. Yeah, no, it's okay. just like a new character, and there's no there's no like connection. There's no explanation. It's just like, hey, I'm this character, and it's the same actor, and it's yeah. not. He's not. I just think it's so weird. It is weird. I think I agree with you. I'm just trying to to try to think of it contextually <laughs> to China. Like maybe it's just not weird. And and then before you go, Rami Malek. Uh, and I know I'm. I feel like I'm overpowering right now, but um, I think it's just a different setting and all the stuff. I'm like, oh. but yeah, I tried to research why, and I couldn't find anything. I I think that means it's it's not important. Like, like, I think yeah. it means maybe it, it just happened. I'm giving it a point against, though. Okay? Okay. We talk, we talk about, we deep dive into movies. I think that was a weird and bad decision. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay, sure. You can have your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like well, giving I mean, them credit for something that probably is I'm not isn't giving them credit. credit. I'm just trying to understand why they would do it. <laughs> I'm not giving them credit for it. It's a foreign film. 
<laughs> I don't know. Okay, Rami Malik for a second. Uh, so you think I have a weird fascination with him? I I do. I do. So this is why I I. Okay, so guys, he won an Oscar. Totally, one hundred percent, should not have won. Shouldn't have even been nominated. Like it's a travesty that he won. That's not saying that he's a bad actor, and it's not saying that he did a bad job. Granted, he was in a. He won an Oscar for a terrible, terrible, and I can't emphasize it enough. Terrible <laughs> movie, and he won an Oscar for it yeah. for portraying someone like a, a weird whatever, whatever, a band biopic, and shouldn't have won shouldn't have won at all uh-huh. and I, I i just think though i remember watching the movie hating every second of it but still thinking like i think he's doing a pretty good job yeah he's not the problem with the movie right it's clearly all these other things then then so then i think because of that i feel that way towards him and the movie um i just think he has it and i just like i just don't feel like i've quite seen it yet because <laughs> i've seen I, him i think like i this, see what you're saying because yeah. i saw him you know i've seen him in the twilight movies obviously and he's in it for like barely anything and then i when i recently rewatched bojack i was reminded that he plays uh, a character in bojack he is he is really good in bojack i forget the he writes filbert the director and writer of filbert yeah i can't remember his name and can't i just either. when i realized that again that he was the voice acting for it i was like he is doing such a crazy voice acting job like a crazy job in that role because it yeah. doesn't sound like him. No, it is. It is very good. And it's like it. It may. It just. He just nailed the character. Sure. So I think it's also because of that that I want to see him in something else. Yeah. I, it's almost like he's got one more chance for me. Yeah. That's that's why I have a fascination with it, and that's probably all. I have the Mal, Mal's Heart thing on my Netflix list that I'll probably never watch, right. but it's there, and I might watch it at some point. That's it's Rami just, Malek. It's just very funny, and I, I'm sure that there's something like that for me where you would be like, Micah, I don't understand this about like yeah. something you like about movies or something. Maybe it would be like my fascination with the DC universe and wanting to see it all because it's like, <laughs> it's too That's weird. That's a much deeper issue than Rami <laughs> Malek, but yeah. Um, but it's it just cracks me up because every time you're like, oh, he's in this? And then it's like either just a normal, like okay performance, or it's like, not that I don't good. think I've seen him in that much. I know. But oh no, I have not seen him in enough. That's the yeah. way to say it. Yeah, and I think I don't think he's a bad actor. And well, and and I I just want to say my point. I don't think he's a bad actor. And I I do I kind of get what you're saying. Like I could see him coming out with a movie that I see and I'm like, oh my gosh, like yeah. him doing like an Andrew Kunan and from American crime story yeah, yeah. level thing where it's like this guy if he does nothing good again it doesn't matter he had that performance yeah but it's but i'm I think just what, not fascinated with him that much i think what i'm saying is uh is every time i have seen him in something i guess i'm left with feeling wanting more yeah which sure. is a good thing uh and he is in the new james bond movie he is the bad guy of James so, Bond, and that I is think, like perfect casting i to think me. yeah also when i found out that he's the villain i was like on believable casting yeah for that one yeah it is i i just think it, that's perfect and i don't even i have not seen the james bond, james bond movies besides casino royale yeah so i my opinion really doesn't matter <laughs> but i just was like carrie fukunga directing this rami malek is the bad guy let's see what he can do yeah that's well and that's why the more we do this podcast the more i'm pretty much convinced there aren't a lot of 
bad actors in a lot of these movies. There's bad direction and bad writing. Yeah. Or an actor, like, just totally in the wrong zone. But then you see him in, you know, because there's so many actors we've talked about on this where we're like, oh, I don't like them. And then we see him in a movie and we're like, oh, they just weren't used correctly because mm-hmm. they're killing it in this. Mm-hmm. So I I do think he's good. It's just it's just funny. I don't have much of a fascination with him. And I know, and you do. It seems like every time he's brought up, you're like, huh? Well, give yeah. me an update, listeners, once the day comes that I'm not fascinated anymore. Yeah. Because we'll- I've had my fill. We'll probably talk about No Time to Die whenever it comes out. Um, not not in the context of this podcast, but just we'll probably mention it uh, in our you know Oscar episode or something like that. If we see movies ever again. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> uh, where were we, though? We were talking about Master Z, the, uh, Ip Man, the Ip Man Legacy. And um, let's see. In April 2019, it was reported that Max Zhang, who's the main character is set to reprise his role in a sequel to Master Z Ip Man Legacy. The sequel is reported to be taking a budget cut down to $13 million from the first film's budget of 28 But we're getting a sequel, I am folks. surprised they're getting a sequel. Because it, it was not a successful movie. I know. What are they doing? I don't know, but I want to see it. I hope, though, because the, late, the stakes are going to be so low that it's just Like they have nutso. to outdo themselves. Just nutso. And the first movie was already so nuts. Yes. Um... And then finally, my expectations just got too high. <laughs> um, I want to tell you that that this I I cannot think of enough. This is this is why I love doing the podcast so much for for information like this. This is too interesting. So Ip Man is a real person, and Ip Man One is like loosely based on real events. Ip Man Two, little looser. Ip Man Three, from what I could tell, was pretty much just made up. So that's already kind of weird to take mm-hmm. like a real character and turn them into a franchise. Yeah. A real person, that is. Kind of weird. But in Ip Man 3, we're introduced to Master Z, um, which they never call him Master Z in either of the movies, I don't no, think. Not that um, I remember. Which I guess is kind of badass, like this movie. Um, so then Master Z is a made-up person that does not exist. And then the, he gets a spinoff. So is this the only time ever that there has been a series of movies about a real person that a spinoff happens for someone that never existed? I th- it has to be. That's too specific. How weird is that, That's though? That's weird. It's and like awesome. kind of awesome. They, they, in, in the creation of these movies, by the time we get to the third one, they introduce this character that's completely fictional. And they're like, oh, my gosh, guys, we just wrote an amazing character. We have <laughs> to make his own movie. That's probably what happened. Probably. And he is like the coolest part of and it. And I wonder 3. if they got a lot of great feedback from It Man 3 for that guy. Yeah. And well, and remember, he was, well, I'm trying to, well, listen back to the previous episode to confirm, listener. But I think I found out that he was not like a trained martial artist and learned for It Man 3. No, he didn't. Well, we talked about it last week. I don't remember. So now I'm starting to think maybe it was another person. It probably was another person. That would be insane. And I'm not going to look it up, folks. You have to look it up yourself. It'd be on the Wikipedia for Ip Man 3. Okay, so is it my turn? Yes, and I'll probably look it up while you're doing that. Okay, so we <laughs> covered uh, Johnny Depp in the last movie, which I will call Tinchi throughout this movie. I won't call him Johnny Depp the whole okay, time. please. Um, and then we've also covered Dave Batista and Guardians, but in this movie we also have Michelle Yeoh, or Yo Yeoh? I guess it's just yo. Um, yeah, yeah. Who is 
I've never known who this person was until I saw her and I was like, no, I know who this is. I just never know what her name was. Sure. Um, she's in so much stuff. I recently just saw her in Crazy Rich Asians. Um, most recent thing. That's cool. Um, she, but she's in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, she's in a James Bond movie, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. She's in Kung Fu Panda 2, Last Christmas, a couple Star Trek stuff. Oh, you know what? She is in yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Who is she? She is the crazy lady with the crazy hair that's in one of the one of the group the one of the yes. extra groups. No, no, at no. The no. End. She's the one at the end with like the lanky kind of greasy yeah. hair, and they're all saluting to Yondu. That's, <gasps> yeah. I I just need to say it again for myself. That's her. Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. cool. Um, Love it. Really quick, let me get back in on um, Max Zhang, the the lead character of this movie. Um, I I just remembered that he. Well, where do you hear Max? Because on imdb it's gin oh i i i got i don't know why like did i say max yeah well i know i said it now i'm sorry folks i'm sorry remember give us extra credit on this episode but he he got to start working on crouching tiger hidden dragon so he was trained okay i remember that in Ip man 2 his Ip man's disciple had not been trained for any stunts like at That's all. That's still pretty crazy. Yeah, that guy has, was good. He has some significant like stunt work in yes. that or martial arts. So he stuff. must have been hired up based on his act, just like, oh, that guy's it. He's what we're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. Um, and then like Micah mentioned, Tony Jaws in this movie, who does one of the cr- simultaneously crazy and funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. In this movie. Yeah. Let's uh, w- hang yeah. on to that though. But he is um he is an Ongbok, which is a very insane famous is it a Thai movie, okay, a Thai franchise that we will cover at some point. Yes, and um, if you want us to cover it, let us know because we're kind of dipping our toe into martial arts and we're we're getting we're getting the itch. He's also in Triple X: Return of Xander Cage. We'll have to cover that. Sometime. Paradox on that night while we dream. <laughs> um, Fast and Furious Seven. Okay, what? He's in Fast and Furious 7? Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to cover that series now. That Now I'm convinced. Olivia just got so excited that yeah. she just heard that. I think I think next year, once we get... You know what we should do? You know how we had the one plan? Yeah. You know the series that we were... The, the like multi-series that we were going to cover like throughout the, the decades of the different versions of that yeah. person? Yeah. Oh, but I wanted to do that. No, we still will. Oh, but okay. maybe we should do Fast and Furious uh before that let's talk about it later okay i don't want to commit to anything now now (laughs) that's all it took everyone's been telling me you have to watch fast furious you said tony jaws and furious seven and one of them you have to get through six to get to that one He's probably not even in it that much but he probably has a scene that's just like damn that was cool (laughs) um okay then we have chrissy chow who is in who is um the the girl who is like addicted to opium okay the friend um, she is in Perfect Wedding, 29 plus one, all's well. Oh, so she's in 30. I guess. <laughs> she's in a lot of stuff that I've never heard of because it's all Chinese. Yes. Um, and then who else? Who else? Who else? I'm going to try and find the other girl. Julia, who is Yan Liu. She is in My Dear Liar. Love keeps going, badges of fury, and all these things that I'm saying are Chinese movies. 
and she isn't just like a crazy amount more. I don't know who else should I cover. Well, um, I wanted to mention that with Michelle Yeoh for the eagle-eyed listener, um, she is the person that Amy Johnston, our guest on mm-hmm. Ip Man Two, is like the reason she became a stunt person because she saw her in. I think she said Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think she did, yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh, I have to do that. So it was pretty cool to see her in this movie. And funny enough, we're just so not well-versed in martial arts that I didn't realize who she was. Yeah, she comes on screen. I'm like, oh, I just saw her in Crazy Rich Asians. That's cool. And then she starts fighting. And it's like, oh, she's a big deal. Well, I know, and it was funny because she has that big action sequence. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, this must be like a really famous person because yeah. she she's doing this. And then I look up the cast and I'm like, Micah, you consider yourself a film buff and you didn't know who Michelle Yeoh is. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's how I felt. And so he was for and a I, while. And I am. But um, we've we've corrected it. And um, we should probably because it sounded like Amy Johnson hadn't seen the rest of the movie. So. When, when I'm sending her the stuff for the new movie, I might have to mention that she's in this movie and she should watch it because she has a crazy yeah. sequence. And another cool thing I've been watching on Amy Johnston's um, Instagram that she did she did all this stunt work for The Last of Us Part 2, the video game that came out this year. Okay. And she has a bunch of... She has like behind the scenes footage where it shows her and the video game footage at the same time. Whoa, that's cool. And it's really cool stuff. Yeah. She's a baby in one scene. Like oh. throwing her arms around. Yeah. Wow. And, and it, that sounds so fun. Yeah, I know. It's really cool stuff to look at. So if you're interested in following up on our wonderful guest from two weeks ago, go to her Instagram. Yeah. Um, so should we dive in? Yeah. So here we go. The movie starts, and um, it it kind of flashes back to the previous movie. Him it's a montage to... of newspaper clippings tell, showing us like uh, Tin Chi Tin, yeah. Tin, so he opens up. He wants to open up a. Um, I almost said Fight Club. I mean, a, kind a of school, a martial arts, a Wing Chun arts, school, a Wing Chun school. Um, then he challenges Ip Man, and then Ip Man doesn't recall for the challenge, and then they fight privately. <laughs> and, then, and then, um, and then he loses the fight privately, and leaves in shame. Yeah, so that's where our gives up Wing Chun movie begins. I like true crime, so I decided to make a true crime podcast where I cover true crime stories year by year. And I hate true crime, so I decided to beef up my wife's true crime podcast by telling people what was on TV during each one of those murders or who was winning that wrestling match during that awful rape. The result is American Timelines, where we cover strange, fascinating happenings. And sometimes silly stories and even birthdays. Didn't you always wonder when Don Cheeto was born? No. Didn't you at least wonder what the number one song was when Don Cheeto was born? No. Well, what did you want to know? Just about murder. Sweet, sweet, grisly murder. Well, sometimes you talk about UFOs or ghost stories, too. Yes, those are cool, too. And who hasn't wondered what episode of 227 was on during a haunting? Everyone. Download and subscribe to American Timelines by History for Jerks. You can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It's better than it sounds. It really is. American Timelines by History for Jerks, the greatest podcast ever. And uh, yeah, so one of the fun, cool things about this movie is it kind of continues the theme of like Wing Chun as kind of a character in its own. Yes. Like the previous movies. 
And he has decided I'm not going to, like, he's been disgraced and he only uses, from what I understood, kung fu, like different styles of kung fu. Yes, of he's Wing not Chun. fighting Wing Chun because he is working on the side, well, under the table for like, quote unquote, bad guys. Yes. So the bad guy is telling him like, We're, you are hurting bad men right? to help good people, which is, he's doing illegal things for money. Right. And um, right away at the beginning, when you find out that he's not doing Wing Chun, you're just like, oh, I can't wait till the last scene when he decides to use Wing Chun again. Yeah, because you know it's going to take the whole movie and you love that. Yeah. And then... When he does, it's he freaking does. cool. But we'll get to that. So now he has a store, like a grocery store, and he's doing like dirty work to help pay for the bills. Well, he, the movie starts with him quitting that. So he's no longer doing it. That's right. Yeah. Um, and he still has his son. So it's just him and his son. This takes place pretty soon after the last movie because his son's still young. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness he doesn't have another son because he probably wouldn't be in this movie like the other It Man movie. Yeah. Um, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the I just I think the the writing is so good in this movie because it they do it in such quick and simple ways of you learn that you know his son's like are you gonna be late tonight which you kind of know from the last movie that he's he gets caught up a lot uh-huh. um, but you can tell something important's happening tonight and he's right. really you know uh, depending on his dad to be home on time yes and and because I know we're gonna forget about it when we start getting into the plot so I just want to talk about. Like, I think that the writing's really good in that they have, like, some nice, like, poetic-feeling moments. Mm-hmm. Like, at the beginning, his kid is like, oh, I'm so tired of um, whatever meal they're eating. A congi and a fried bread for breakfast. Yes, and he's like, I really want steak, I really want steak. And, uh, like, different kinds of beef, and his dad's like, yes, we'll get it. And eventually, on his birthday, when his dad shows up too late... At 10 p.m., like yeah. the the restaurant's closed, he can't get him the beef, and it's like ah, oh, too bad. And then later they have it, but it's under some weird circumstances. And then at the end of the movie, once everything is resolved, his son's like, "I want the congee and fried oh, bread." Oh, it just makes you want to cry. It was it's such really a sweet because great... they've been through so much. They they do, they do a lot of great setting up in this movie. That was one of them, and then even the scene before that when he was quitting, the guy was um, threatening to shoot him. And he said, yeah. like, if you're around with if you're within seven steps of a man, yes. you you can just dis- you will not get shot like because of martial arts. Yeah. And uh, he proves it. The guy tries shooting him and he stops. him. Oh, yeah. And that, that does cool. come back around later. I, and could, you, I could watch the movie tonight again. Yeah, I could, it's amazing. I could, it's really and then by good. the time that comes back around to you, you're like, oh, my gosh, this was from the beginning. Yeah. <gasps> and he's doing it right now. But it's insane. Yeah. yeah. So um, go ahead. <laughs> well then we then we get introduced to the sister um character who Julia. who's uh what seems to be in like a prostitute maybe slash like she's addicted to drugs and she's being forced oh, to do not things Julia, the other one yeah that she doesn't want to do and yeah. then like like she has to pay up for her drug habit so she goes to pay up and yeah. then uh her sister well it's her friend not her sister comes to her rescue um, and she does a little bit of fighting that is pretty dang cool, but there's a lot of thugs there. Yeah. And and for, what, it was cool to see a woman like taking them on. I, I was wish like, she had done more. Finally, I wish she had done more. Because yes. even and I know it's a little. I know it wouldn't totally make sense for the story, but at the end of the movie, when he's like, "I need to take care of it," it is kind of like the typical woman stay home take care of my child i'll go take care of it but i I know the movie's not about her i know right but i do wish that there was more of her in it 
I think if she only had, well, she only has this one fighting scene. Yeah. But if if it was only that, I'd be like, come on, give us some more. But since Michelle Yeoh gets to like take yes. on two guys and like pretty much it's a stalemate, I feel like <laughs> as a man, I feel pretty good about that. Like I, but I don't know if you felt differently. I just think there could be more. Yeah. Uh, I would I would love a Michelle Yeoh spinoff. <laughs> sure, let's do another. Um, so yeah, that happens, and then Tenchi shows up around the time that's happening and helps. Um, and then the police show up and arrest everybody. And I will say before that, so the girl, the drug addict, I'll just say, uh, yeah. she is like treated so terribly. She is abused <laughs> yeah. like crazy. Like so many of the hits in this movie and like smashing bottles over people's head is like kind of the the craziest I've ever seen. Like, it looks like yeah. everything hurts so bad. It really does. And, like, the girl at one point, they're like, I mean, it's like the drug lord is, like, kind of he's beating her up. And it just looks like, oh, it looks like he's kicking her. Let's calm down a little bit. I just, yeah. I guess they framed it really well and all the stunts were just really well, and, well done. And I think the director, like, just really knows how to make things look like they hurt bad. Because the yeah. whole movie... You know, in Ip Man 3, we talked a lot about how, like, it felt like there was a transition in how they were filming. Yeah. Um, and and Yoon, Yoon, uh, Yoon Wing Poo, like, he did do the cord- coordination for Ip Man 3 as well. But it felt like there was kind of like, oh, maybe we're updating some stuff or we're changing how we film things a little bit. And so sometimes it didn't, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. But um, in this movie, it's like every fight is like, you feel it, you see it, you're like, yes. And he, for the most part, when there's group fighting, he kind of, for the most part, hides the people in the back who are just standing there waiting. Well, most of it is, because you do know that there are a lot of people there because of it, it being established at the beginning of the scene, but most of those people are coming into the screen to fight him. And you, yeah. like, what's happening behind that's not as much people. Like, totally. in the last movie, there's, like, hundreds of people. And <laughs> yeah. then... I think it's also like, yeah, I think how it's blocked too. the, the focus of the camera is completely on the two people fighting. Yeah. So when people do come into screen, it's like, it is kind of like, oh man, there are a lot of other people here other than what are all those people just doing standing around? Yeah. It was just done much better. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, um, so, but you did forget something about, so back to the scene where the girl is fighting, mm-hmm. um, our main character, Master Z, has bought a mm-hmm. Batman ripoff present, which I and found boy, out. Is it a ba- is it a ripoff? That is like a real, really. That's a real thing back in the time. They did like research oh, and tried cool. to find like what would be like a toy. That's cool. Back then, so that like Batman ripoff, a toy is a real toy that you could have gotten. Oh, that's cool. And I forgot about the music box thing at the end of the movie. That's a big hell yeah for me, but I don't want to spoil it, even though hopefully you've already seen this movie. Um, this movie's really good. It's probably my favorite. After we've simmered, Same. I think Ip Man might be the best, but this one's my favorite. We'll talk about it at the end. We will. Um, so uh, we're going along, and he, he's he, he just got the present for his son, whose birthday's coming up, and then this guy comes in and like hits him on accident and like his present falls and he looks up and he goes, you broke my present. And then he uses a bicycle to fight like everybody. Mm -hmm. He uses a bicycle. That's freaking cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you want to make a cool crane shot. (laughs) Yeah. And if you want to make action movies, 
Used bicycles. I think that they used a lot of objects. They did. In this movie. Which made it so much more fascinating. Yeah. And it, it helped. Diff- One of the things I loved about this movie is when I saw that there's a spinoff and I saw the cover, which is a lot more like cheesy looking yeah. than the other four movies. I was just like, I really hope that the movie maybe goes a little bit more into the, like, like how Ip Man 2 was a little more fantastical fighting rather mm-hmm. than realism. And I was like, I'm hoping this movie does that. And boy, does it. And they, they even pump it up a little bit. It's still in the like, this feels possible. Yeah. But it's a little more like, oh, these people are not human. Yeah. Like they can do things that humans can't do a little bit. Right. So I love that about the movie. And I love this fight. So um, one thing, though, so they don't make it to the restaurant. And well, Dave Bautista, they all got arrested. Yes. And and, and the, the British guy was like, let them all go because basically they're working with all the drug dealers, all of the illegal people in town. Yeah. So just let them go. Um, eventually, they let Tinchi go. But it, like you said, he gets home late and it's his son's birthday. Doesn't make it. But a very cute thing happens is he gives his son his present. And his son is so excited about it because it's like his favorite superhero and he, it doesn't work because it was broken. And he's yeah, the, and he's, the music aspect of it. The music work. aspect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Tenchi's just like really sorry and feels so bad. And he's like, I don't care. I like it because it's from you. Yeah. That's and it's sweet. like, come on. And I think it's cool. I think it's interesting that they chose a hero like a a. A superhero. A superhero because it feels like they're they're making that commentary of like, yes, there are superheroes, but these are the real heroes. Yeah. And like the him being a father is the real heroic thing. And I thought that was interesting and cool. And I think living in the you know, I don't know how much like a a seven year old director is thinking about this, but it's like with the world covered by superheroes right now is like the trend in film and stuff it's it almost feels like they're kind of like we like superheroes that's cool but at the end of the day it's a martial arts movie okay it's, they're, those are fictional <laughs> yeah that's yeah. kind of how it, but it doesn't feel in that gross way that like joker did where it's like remember no, no. like you suck because you it's like just comics. More of a theme than yeah anything. and i love that about it but there is something about this movie that's really bad okay the score is horrible it is very bad. It's very bad. It's very like it feels like they took st- stock tracks from like Facebook or something. Yeah. And there's a lot of guitar in the score, gu- acoustic guitar, which is odd. And then there's also this one point and I think they they had someone like perform a song as a guitar player. I could tell whoever was playing guitar like was not an accomplished guitar player because it was like, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> this yeah. does not sound good. What part of the movie? It was like kind of like an emotional moment where it's built. It was when that song came in and they started singing. Yeah, I kind of remember. But the guitar, there's a lot of guitar before that on electric this time. And I was just like, what? Like, this is clearly not a guitar player who's playing right yeah. now. Or maybe it's a guitar player playing, but they didn't write it. Yeah, okay. Um, it just felt like there was a lack of knowledge of the instrument and I can't really express it, but, um, maybe the musicians who listen will notice what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, then we get to the gang meeting with Michelle Yeoh and the guy who, um, who looked like he should have been in the Hunger Games. Yeah. He Um, wears some very colorful, colorful, bright outfits. Um, so Michelle Yeoh is in charge of basically this, the crime family. 
Um, and that guy with the ponytail is her brother. But she wants to turn. She wants to turn away from uh, illegal business and become legal. And it's like, huh? That's a cool. That's interesting. Thing. This yeah. is like Godfather stuff. And I know in Godfather they didn't do that, but it's like this is interesting. Yeah. business stuff happening. Yeah, it's sort of like okay, I'm watching a martial arts movie, but I'm like. Okay, I want to know where I'm this storyline goes. I'm now invested in your though. story too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um. So her brother Ponytail, uh, he is not into that. He thinks you know they are they do illegal stuff. That's just what they do. That's where the money is. And she, what she says goes. Yeah. So that's what's happening. So meanwhile, so that happens, and then I think that night, uh, yeah. Tenshi is at home with his son, um, and ponytail and his henchmen come and burn down his shop they throw molotov cocktails pretty insane scene with the fire it's really cool and 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 he uses like an ex he's like locked chained into his grocery store exit which is like dude how come you don't have another exit yeah and so he uses like a coca-cola machine to explode so that it can refrigerator yeah, refrigerator to get him out of the building. When he gets out, something I've never seen before in a movie, uh, the henchmen are throwing Molotov, Molotov cocktails at him. like Laughing. Like, very quickly. They're just hucking them at him specifically, and he's having to dodge them. Holding and like, his son. <laughs> yeah. His son who was burned. Yeah. <laughs> and he is also burned pretty badly on his arm. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. And so he's running away from them, finds the Julia lady, um, and gives her his son and says, please just take my son. Yeah. I need to f- handle this. So eventually and then we get to this sequence, folks. And folks, if you are like, I'm not really, I like to listen to the podcast, but I'm not really interested in watching the, the movie. This, this series right now yeah. in my life. Please, please, just for me, watch the signs billboard. I don't know exactly what it'd be, but it has to be on YouTube. Like, Unbelievable. It's like a rooftop fight I, scene. It was happening, and I said, I have never seen anything like this. And then I said, this is why I watch movies. <laughs> it, it, it kind of, it, it's still a little bit different, but there were parts of it where I was like, this is as good as like Mission Impossible for, yeah. like, for like the feelings I'm feeling. Yeah. Jaw dropped. Like so, so there are these signs that are sticking out of the building, and our our protagonist is jumping around, fighting people, and jumping to different signs, and having fights. and And the angles in the sequence are insane. Mm-hmm. They are so. I I forgot to look up who did the cinematography, but the the angles are just crazy, and they're they're swinging all over the place, and it's truly a feast for your eyes. Yep. But um, let's see the the okay director of photography is David Foo and Seppe Van Gryken, and then the composer is Day Tai. I forgot to hit those, so okay. gotta give him credit. Um, it's just insane, and then and then they do all of that. Yeah, and, to and top it all off, a, it's a like great, neon lights and stuff like a, that. It's really the cool. imagery is amazing, and the fights are just compelling. And it is one of those moments where it's like, how is he going to get out of this? But not only that, it gets to a point where he starts like chasing the bad guys on the signs because he's clearly yeah. better than all of them. It's crazy. And he's trying oh, to like well, chase him away. He's not using Wing, Wing Chun yet. And he's burned severely on his arm. <laughs> yeah. So then to top it all off, cherry on top of the scene, he gets down, 
Tony Jaws there waiting for him to fight. Yeah. And not only that. Wearing a fedora. Yeah, he's a uh, Frank Sinatra type. <laughs> yeah. Looks very cool. They start fighting like crazy. There's a weird his, like front flip that Tony Jaw does. I it's mean, hard to describe all of it, but yeah. Yeah, and you can see that it's not like totally real, but it's still freaking cool. And the and he, like, he keeps hitting his arm that's burned. And he doesn't even look like it matters. Oh, it's cool. And they're using their environment to jump around. Yep. And that's some of my favorite stuff. Like, all of this is just, like, environmental using. It's not like, let's clear the area so we can just fight with fists. It's like, oh, there's pillars. We're going to jump off the pillars. Uh-huh. There's signs. We're going to jump off the signs. Like, it's so cool. This movie is How does cool. we not make money? I don't know. Maybe after this, everyone will just watch it so much on Netflix that that they'll have to do Please. like much more. Okay, so what happens after this? So then, this is all the like bar side stuff that's happened. Well, main stuff, but this is when um, we find out that like, like he he goes to this bar and starts working there. Um, Master Z does, and it's the owner is the guy who died in Ip Man One. That was the confusing. His sister is Julia, who took his kid. So they're living with her right now yeah. because they don't have a home. And and at one point, Master Z breaks into an opium den and just like demolishes it and Burns leaves. It. Fights fire with fire. Cool. And what's kind of crazy is, you know, that happens in movies sometimes, but they never get away with it. And he just does it. <laughs> yeah. He just did it. Yeah. Um, and then after that is the scene with Ponytail and the crazy guy from the last movie that somehow made it into this movie. Yeah, which was kind of, I kind of liked that. Me too. And he, I his acting was, cool. was good. It's it's the guy who we referenced as Michael Jackson in our last episode. Yeah, and uh yeah, I thought he was really good in this scene. Yeah. And they're just basically they're the bad guys are basically deciding like I'm going to take out this guy even though my sister who runs the gang want like wants to legitimize us and we should start selling heroin as well. Mm-hmm. And so they start doing all of that. Um, and that's well. Should you say first before when uh, Tenchi starts working in the bar, uh, he does come across Michelle Yeoh, uh, and they have that insane that like it's the that's the Scotch scene. I don't know. Like there needs to be a name for it. Yeah. Um. I know it's a it's it's just it was just like that's interesting. Well, yeah. If it felt like you know when you mention a movie and you say, oh, this is the movie where blank happens. Yeah. This is like oh, this is the movie where they have the the tabletop whiskey fight fight i mean i would say for me this is the movie where they fight on uh signs neon (laughs) signs more than this but it is like i've never seen that in a movie either this thing that i'm watching right now with the scotch so someone in the audience of the interview i was watching of um the director was like so how did you come up with that and he was like well michelle yo you know her character comes in and her and master z have never met before and we wanted it to be tense, but we thought it didn't make any sense that they would just immediately start fighting. Like, that that just doesn't work. Yeah. And so we just came up with this as, like, a way for it to be tense, but not... There was definite tension. And we actually haven't even described what it is for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. Yeah, so she orders a bottle of scotch. He pours her the glass, and she's like, that's for you. And he says, I'm working. I'm not going to drink. He doesn't even know who she is. And she keeps insisting that he drinks to the point where they are... I mean, essentially fighting over handing each other the glass. But you'd have to watch it to really know what I'm talking spilling, about. They're not spilling, but they're like, no, they're not like spill tossing it back and forth and like switching hands with it and uh-huh. stuff. And it's it's kind of like a power move. Like who's yeah. going to be like on top of this? Yeah. 
Um, and I think they kind of... It's a draw because draw. the yeah. owner comes over and, like, stops. But yeah. she tells him, uh, you know, she's like, if there's anything you need, come and tell me. Because, you know, she, he is he is now on her radar yeah. because of everything. So it's like, let me know if there's anything I can do. And and one one note that I that I wanted to point out that I just saw was that... I think this movie is one of the reasons I really liked it is because the last two have felt kind of bogged down in the mythology of like, we have to respect Ip Man. Yeah. And we have to like, make sure we tell this story that like respects him. And also we're obsessed with trying to insert Bruce Lee into these movies. Yeah. No Bruce Lee in this movie. (laughs) I know, but it feels like very, like I just feel like the writers were able to, and of course it's not historical so they can do whatever. Like, it just felt like there was more freedom of expression in this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. I will say that there was a fair amount of Ip Man flashbacks to their fight. Yeah. But it makes sense in terms of Tenchi's character of, like, the we- the weight of the de- how the defeat affected him. Totally. And I-, I thought it was good for, like, us. You know, we don't understand martial arts. We didn't live back then. So I thought it was a good way for the audience to be like, remember, this is, like, affects him a lot. Uh-huh. And this is like very humiliating that he lost, uh-huh. and he's taking it very personally. Yeah. Um. Instead of, you know, you know, we still would have got it, but I, I like that, and I also felt like it was like, yeah, this does belong in this series. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's made up in a historical <laughs> series. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. So, bites barman weird speed and the music is such a stock music track. Hmm. Mm. I don't remember. What I was saying there, I, I there was I think there was one fight scene that was a little odd because it was like really it was sped up too much. Like I could really see how sped up it was. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot it too. But um, okay, but so getting so they're selling heroin now. Yeah, uh, ponytail. <laughs> oh, okay. So then this so earlier on the movie, Dave Batista is there for like a second. And then a lot of the movie goes by before you see him again, and you're just like, please, 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 fingers crossed, bees in this movie. (laughs) Be in this movie. Fingers plossed, please be in this movie. So, of course, he comes back, and he does actually affect plot. He does make change. He is Unlike Tyson. (laughs) And his, his, um, his character to the story as a whole is like, that makes sense. Yeah. So he is... First off, portrayed as a very kind person, owner of the steakhouse in Hong Kong, American. But I was excited. Kind. I was like, "Cool, he's a good guy. I'm right. into it." Find out he's a drug lord. Yeah. Uh, and then there. And was then I was like, "Cool, I'm into it." And then even to top it off, like before you find that out, there's a pretty crazy scene where they're doing an auction for charity in his restaurant, and Michelle Yeoh is trying to bid on something to like, "This is me coming out to yeah. being." legal like good but people will not allow her and she bids like a hundred thousand dollars for a vase and people are like that's dirty money you can't do that and he makes her go like tells her to leave which actually i was like good for these people they don't want dirty money even to help with charity good for them but then you find out (laughs) dave batista is nothing but dirty yeah that's him and his mustache Mm -hmm. um so he is big king drug lord to the point where when she says big, have you guys seen how big Dave Batista is? We couldn't is? stop talking about it. I said at one point, they have to make him special clothes. Just yeah. normal special clothes. Well, and and I, you know, I, I feel like the, the closest analogy is probably Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, he's huge. Yeah. 
But when I see Dave Dwayne the Rock Johnson in movies, I'm just like, please stop being so huge. It annoys me. When I see Dave Batista, I'm like, you're so marvel at it. You're so round for some reason, but you're not fat. I love it. And I think you're it's because so Drax cool. too. So you're just like, I love this guy. Yeah. Please be in everything, and he's a good actor. The the second Dwayne the Rock Johnson is in Guardians of the Galaxy and in makeup and that big. I guarantee you everything bad that I've said about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And Guardians will, too. When when no, whenever he is cast in a Guardians movie, oh, this is like a, a Guardians specific movie. Yes. Sure. Okay. Whenever that happens and he is like cool like Drax, I guarantee you I will be like, Oh no, I've always liked Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He yeah, what if they like <laughs> meet another person from his planet? And it's Dwayne. And it's the- Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> 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 that would be so cool. Yeah. I want it. I would laugh so hard. Me too. But I, I love um with Dwayne. I love uh on blank check with Griffin and David. Griffin's always like he went through a period where he could just show up in a movie and you're like, that's a really buff guy. But now he is so big that every time he shows up in a movie, they have to come up with a reason for why this character is so big because it is distracting if you don't know why he's so big. <laughs> yeah, he can't just act normally. That's why I thought he was perfect in Jumanji, Welcome yes. to the Jungle. Yeah. Um, But that's why when you see like a commercial for Skyscraper, it's like, no, you're doing Die Hard and Die Hard's about like a regular man taking on a terrorist organization. But you're not a regular man. That's a superhero. Meanwhile, just to compare, because that's what we're doing right now, Dave Batista, you know, really breaks out and in And he Guardians. also can't do wrong, first of all. Can't do wrong. <laughs> but he really breaks out in Guardians because, I mean, well, this movie did come out after Guardians. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't do, like, anything before Guardians. Cause, well, maybe not. But I remember reading that when he got the Guardians role, he was so excited that... He started taking acting lessons. I remember you saying that, yeah. Um, and maybe he had acted before that, but maybe it was just not things that were important to him. Um, well, but this, I mean, this is well past Guardians. It is. So. It is. I just wasn't thinking about that when we were watching the movie. Yeah. Um, but that being said, so then he's. What's crazy about him is he just is, he picks such good roles from what I've seen. Yeah. Like he looks so good in Dune. Yeah. So he's in Dune, which is like you're crazy. You like got a Denny movie. And then well, he's, he's in Blade also no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. So he's also going to fight you right now. <laughs> he's also in Blade Runner. Like that is so crazy that he chose that movie and he was chosen to be in that movie. And then he's, you know, just started off in Guardians, which is just like, what an interesting casting. Yeah. No one knows who you are. And That's you're not a, true at all. Well, okay. Okay. I know. But people like me, like yes. it's just a big guy and right. he is electric in that movie and in the second movie. Well, you know, what's funny is, it actually makes sense because Dwayne also it's that's actually a perfect analogy because they're both wrestlers. Yeah. Um, it makes sense that these guys, some of these guys, can break through because they're literally like doing a different version of acting. Yeah. And 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 especially like Drax, that's such a like over the top performance. So it makes sense that they're like, here's this wrestler who goes out every night and is like crazy over the top. But I'm comparing it to Dwayne, so it's like yeah. Dwayne, same thing. It's been in a crazy amount of movies. Yeah. Me, don't really care for him that much. Like, I've seen him in stuff that I like. I'm ready to change my mind on that, though. Oh, I think, whatever. But I think part of it is we haven't actually seen Fast and Furious, and I think that's where people were like, he's the guy. Whatever. But, like, you know, he's in so much that it almost feels like he's in too much. Yeah. And Dave Batista, I just think he's just getting his feet wet. Yeah. But he's he's chosen such interesting things to get his feet wet. Sure, in. yeah. He seems a little more like... Like, Dwayne feels like he's trying to do... Dwayne's like a type three. 
He's he's like I want to do eighteen movies in yeah. five years, yeah. and I th- it feels like Dave Batista is like oh an Ip Man series where I can work with this legendary choreographer. I want to do that. Yeah. Um, hey Disney, uh, if you don't make Guardians three with James Gunn, I'm not going to be in it. You know, he's like a little more artistic about it. Yeah. From my point of view. Yes. I mean, I don't want to bash on Dwayne. He could beat me up. Yes, he could. And he's also very charming. And he, he yeah. I've, I've heard stories about him that he's a very great person. Yeah. Um, nothing against him. Nothing. Nothing. Um. So. <laughs> well, okay. Well, just to get back to the movie. So he's big king drug lord and he, the ponytail and Michael Jackson, he, he makes one of them kill the other person to, to like, to really trust one of them. Yeah. Ponytail gets the job done. Yeah. And then Dave Bautista says, you didn't even have to do that. Yeah. His gun was not loaded. Yeah. But the guy pulled the gun and his was. Yeah. I had, that probably didn't make sense to anyone how I worded that. Um, so then the sister from the beginning of the movie that's wrapped in up and everything, she finds some heroin. She's been She's getting clean. She's not a clean. sister. You keep saying that. Oh. Because um, if she was a sister, that means it was an incestuous relationship <laughs> with the bar owner because he's the brother of Julia. Because he's in love with that girl. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I think they say sister because like I think Julia says like a sister or something like that. I think I'm just mixing it up. You don't have to give me that much credit. Okay. Um, <laughs> she finds heroin out mm-hmm. in the street and then um, Ponytail kind of like jumps her and a just Breaking shoves, Bad moment. Yeah, he just shoves heroin all over until she like ODs and dies. Yeah, pretty insane. Almost um, a little too insane. I was pretty surprised that she died. I was pretty surprised how she died. Nana. 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 Dies. Um, Not only that, throughout the movie, Navy men, American, are like literally force feeding her drinks, alcohol. Yeah, she's and it's got like, a tough life. Ugh, this is gross. Yeah. But then, basically, Master Z and the, the owner of the bar are like, this has to end. And they go to Michelle Yeoh's hideout. He calls on... His favor. Unbelievable fight. Just unbelievable. And there's a lot of guys in this fight, and it doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. They're they're doing really cool stuff, and then Michelle Yeoh grabs like a, a like a scrimtar. I don't yeah, know if whatever, that's how you say it. It's like that Arabian sword. Yeah. Or at least that's what I associate it with. I don't know if that's yeah accurate, but and and they're fighting with it. It's so insane. It's really cool. At one point, her brother Ponytail is doing something and she cuts no, off no. his arm. But before that, she tries shooting <laughs> Tenchi. And remember he... Oh yeah, I wrote he, gun within seven paces, yeah. And he he doesn't get shot. Well, he, he, he I think he gets nicked, but he doesn't get shot. It's so cool. Unbelievable. And then she chops his arm off. She chops off her brother's arm. And she says, is that enough? Like, that's your uh, peace treaty. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's enough. Put down the sword, please. Yeah. And so then the, they're basically like, okay, but this heroin stuff has to stop. Mm-hmm. And then the police plant heroin in the bar. Um, people get arrested. And then um, the Batman figurine falls over. Uh, oh, no, no, no. No, wait. I jumped way ahead. So- Sorry. The uh, bar owner gets arrested. Obviously, a setup. Dave Batista beats him to death. Uh huh. Tenchi finds out because of the bracelet. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Wait, so th- Dave Batista kills the bar owner. Yes, 
beats him to death. Why am I not remembering that? That's when the, in the warehouse when he cooks some steak. And remember, oh, yes, remember, yes, crazy I remember that. beats him to. So Bert, first of all, he gets there and he's cooking him a steak. Sets the steak in front of him and says, "In about five minutes, that'll be perfect." Because he's a steak guy. Yeah. And proceeds to beat him to death. And then when he is standing over his dead body, he says, "What a shame! Your steak would have been perfect by now." Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's when he that and and I think that's just great because as a viewer, you're like, David is bad, he's selling drugs, and he had that guy killed, but that guy was a bad guy. But then this is like, oh, he's bad, he's gotta go. Yeah. Now you're like, I'm done with this guy. Yeah. Um and so then then uh Master Z's like, take care of my son, you know, all that stuff. And he goes down to the down to the restaurant and he fights him, and the punches from Dave Batista hurt. Uh-huh. Like and and it's also cool because as we've talked about in Ip Man One, he just is like invincible. So every time after Ip Man One, anytime that he's not invincible, I'm like, huh, okay. I guess I kinda buy it. I think the Tyson fight, they actually did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, like in Ip Man Two when he's getting beat by the boxer, it's like, nah. Mm-hmm. Not from what you showed me in the first movie. So it's a little like, eh, okay. But in this movie, this guy got bested by Ip Man. So it's it's a little more believable. And then Dave Batista, like the way it's shot, it's much more like, as Ilram Choi said in our Ip Man episode, um, go back and listen to that one. He, it's like as the, the continuity of strength like checks out. Yeah. And so they fight for a while and, and you know, it's pretty give and take. It's There's a lot of like wrestling moves. Like I said, the director is like using Dave Batista's strength. Mm-hmm. Um and then the Batman figurine falls over just as Master Z falls over. And then you see um, the the girl, like, working on it to fix it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you flash to it's Master so Z, like, in a, like, you know, overexposed, you know, like, heaven-looking room. And he starts... Practicing on the Wing Chun dummy. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, here it is. Let's go! <laughs> And then she she sets the Batman down and winds it, and the music works. And then he gets up at the same time, and he obliterates Dave Batista using Wing Chun. So freaking cool! I love that. Mm-hmm. The whole sequence is insane. Must be seen to be believed, and it's on Netflix. Fools, watch it. And you're not fools. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, you know, the police come and there's this scene that was like a little bit uh, wild where the police are like, nah, I don't believe what really happened. I think the restaurant owner's fine. Yeah. And then they just start beating up people who are, for lack of a better word, protesting what the police are doing, which if, if you're listening to this in the future... Just Google June 2020 America George Floyd, and I'm watching this scene, and I'm like, I've been watching footage of this really happening for the past, like, three or four months. Yeah. So that was like, oh, wow, okay. And then eventually, the I think the Chinese police are like... They ended up arresting that guy, the yeah. British guy. And yeah. they take care of it, which is like, okay, cool. There is hope. Um, <laughs> um, and then... Dave Batista runs away, and you had been waiting to <laughs> say this, so I want you so to... So he's running away, 
And at that point, um, Tenshi does see that he's running away, so I think he's running after him. But then there's just Tony Jaw nonchalantly leaning against. We haven't against, seen him since. No, the fight, haven't by seen him way. since the fight. Still in his fedora, I believe. <laughs> nonchalantly leaning against a car, sees Dave Batista running, pulls out a cylinder, takes off the cap. There's an icicle in there, people, like dried ice. Shoots it into the back of Dave Batista. Doesn't he throw head. it? Throws it probably into the back of his head. And he dies. Guys, he committed the perfect murder. And I've never seen it done like that. I, I think I was like, I think Dwight Schrute has said that that would be the perfect murder <laughs> at some point. And I didn't think I would ever see it on a movie. In a movie. I don't know. It was just like so, it was so unbelievable that I was laughing. Because it's like, guys, that's a little too much. And this movie was already a lot. But at the same time, I'm like, if it wasn't Tony Jaa who did it, I think it would be stupid, but it's him. So I'm into it. Yeah. It's cool. So he dies. They go back home. Master Z and his son have like the the fried rice and com- congi and fried bread. Fried bread. And then um, he's with the girl who he's, he's become quite fond of. And then the movie's over. And then the montage of the credits is showing him and his son using like fighting on Wing Chun dummies. I loved it. It was so It nice. was so cute and cool. And I'm like, let's have the sequel. Because the sequel's got to be about Tony Jaa, right? He's got to be like the main guy. Really? Right? Wouldn't wouldn't that's what you'd do? I mean, he assassinates a guy. <laughs> it's like, who sent him to assassinate? This hmm. random guy. Let's find out in the sequel to Master Z. Sure. That's what I'm saying. And maybe maybe at the end of the movie, like maybe they fight a couple of times in the next movie. But then by the end, they're like, actually, we have a common goal. And then Tony Jaw and Master Z fight like the big bad guy at the end. Oh. And the girl, too. I can't remember her name. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and Michelle Yeoh's still alive in this series, so yep. she could be in the next one. Yep. Um, I loved it. Me, too. It was so cool. I think I, this is my favorite one so far. And I think it's because the other ones exist that it's my favorite one. Cause I think I think it's a better movie. I, like I I don't know. I It Man is amazing. Yeah. In every way. Yeah. Uh, but I think I liked this one more. Yep. I think yeah. I think yeah. it was. I think it is a better movie. Wow. I'll have to simmer a little bit. But the more I'm simmering, the more I'm like, you know, there's that there's that thing where it's like, oh, maybe maybe the like a certain movie is like better than other movies. But it doesn't mean you're going to watch it as much or like it as much. And yep. I feel like Ip Man 1 is better than this movie. But this movie is like, I, I, I could see myself like turning it on like more often than mm-hmm. Ip Man 1. Although Ip Man 1 rules. Yeah, it does. Um, so next week, we're doing Ip Man 4, the final, f- the finale, the final fight, I think. The final frontier. I can't remember what it's called, folks. And again, cut us a little slack on this episode. Although I think we did okay. Um, and uh, should we announce our next series? We're two weeks out. It's October. It's the first week of October, Do I you think, want right to? now. I think we should. Okay. We're doing a very special, very spooky, very scary series for the for October. Yeah. We're doing Insidious. Insidious. I have never seen any of these movies. I've seen Numero Uno. So this will be interesting, it. and sometimes horror doesn't sit well with Micah, even though I do like it. But you got Patrick Wilson in this, so yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited to watch him. Um, 
And of course, we're going to do our Halloween episode about a failed franchise. So look forward to that. Yep. Um, we have that planned out. Very excited about that one as well. So we have a very busy October month. Since it is October, we're uh, on Patreon. We came out with our Monsters, Inc. episode, which you can only get on Patreon. Um, we are going to put a link to like how to donate to help people who've lost their mm-hmm. homes. And I don't know exactly. We're still in the midst of it right now. So I don't know exactly what I'll put there. But um, of course, we would love you to, to join us on Patreon. But if you can spare any money, that's much more important than yeah. the Patreon. Um, so thank you for listening. Stay safe. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. And um, I have a note for us. From who? It's from the internet. And uh, this is how I would like to end the episode. April of 2020, a film adaption was announced to be officially in development of the sequ- the the book of the Hunger Games that just came out. Francis Lawrence will return as director with a script written by Michael Arndt from a story adaptation by Suzanne Collins. Nina Jacobson will return as producer alongside Brad Simpson. The project will be developed by Color Force and distributed by Lionsgate. Why did you read that? Because I'm keeping our audience up to date that there's another Hunger Games movie coming out. Why did you think that she wrote the book? What? Why did you think she wrote the book? She did. So they can make another movie. Oh, I thought you were asking. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> when we do Hitman 4. Bye. Bye. <laughs>